wheels make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast. Here from the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. Nobody out there should be shocked to have just witnessed another primetime loss. Bills win! On Monday night against the New England Patriots. Hopefully, expectations were low, so nobody's in a terrible mood. That's kind of where we are right now. I'm Lars. Joining me tonight, down from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Buffalo Bill Belcher here with us. Another day, another life, another day, another strife. And monitoring Bill's alcohol intake this evening was the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton. Lies, Lars, all lies. And the co-president of the Bills Backers here of Chicago, Sujit, also here tonight. I don't know why, but I'm still happy. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. happy. I'm not happy at all. Uh, We're going to talk about why. I am so sick and tired of playing against the New England Patriots twice a year. But we're going to talk about it at great length. Find us on Facebook, Bills and Beers. Find us on Twitter, Bills and Beers. Subscribe on iTunes. Just search for Bills and Beers. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your neighbors. Tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found this stupid podcast. Let's get into it. Okay. First of all, we are not a stupid podcast, Lars. We are a very intelligent and spirited podcast. Don't call us stupid. The Buffalo Bills have not won on Monday Night Football since Dan fucking Marino was the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. The last time we were on Monday night is when we lost in Foxborough in 2009 thanks to a Leotis McKelvin fumble. Tonight, not all too much different, but it was the second Patriots game of the year, and it was another game in which one or two mistakes is all it takes for the New England Patriots to slam the fucking door shut right in your face. And I am so sick of playing this team twice a year. I'm starting with you, Cass. Tell me who was your Jenny Cremail bummer of today's game. Oh, God, that's a lot of pressure, but, uh, I mean, easily. What? Dan Carpenter. Oh, I thought you said Marcus Easley. No, Marcus Easley, I mean, Easley. Nate Solder's kid with cancer. Yes, yes, no. No, Lars, let's, we'll go back to that. That might be during our rant section. Oh, Uh, oh, I will happily rant about what (laughs) happened. No, uh, no d- you're Dan, not allowed to rant about that. Dan Carpenter all of our switched the entire direction of the way that game was going because if he makes that field goal, the Patriots do not march on the field and score a touchdown, thus having us in a deficit going into halftime. Cass, I'm going to ch- I'm going to challenge you here. Was it Dan Carpenter's fault we missed that field goal, or was it the fault of the legions of Native Americans? buried beneath Ralph Wilson Stadium, whom have cursed this team for the last 20 fucking years because he missed that field goal by three inches. You know what? It is might, it his fault or is it their fault? It might be those stupid guys in the end zones with their fake muskets 
that call themselves the Patriots are probably over he there blowing wind that, that literally blew the ball. Okay. You can see okay. it and just it flip was the inches. All right. He I'm missed it by inches. And that's all it takes to lose to the Patriots. We see it every year, twice a year, once a year at least it happens this way. It all takes is three inches. Bill, who is your Jenny Cremel bummer of today's game? I'm so sick of playing this team. I, I, I could, I'm. My bummer of today's da game is Danny Crossman. Because why does Danny Crossman make the decision to leave Leotis McKelvin back there? That's a fair question. When he knows what has happened to us in history. It's like any other game, fine, play him, whatever. But come on. You know what Leotis does to us. Why you got to put him back there? Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about this earlier. What has Leotis done to justify that position? What is his average punt returns? Like, it's not that high. His, his positive is not how The only thing we all know him for is fumbling. The only thing we Which he did twice tonight. Twice. Uh, so well, we actually started with the negative. We we lost the game, and we're gonna we're gonna work our way to the positive. Suge, you might be happy about that. Now, I will. Now, I do want to say I do want to go on record by saying that I do not blame Lewis McCullough for this loss. I blame him partly for this loss. However, he's my, still my bummer of the game. Yeah. But but as it I mean, we can all agree, and I and I am. I am so fired up, and I'm so sick of losing to this team. Oh, yeah. Because it came down to three plays. A Leotis McKelvin fumble, a Corey Graham missed tackle, and a Duke Williams God knows what, and that's the difference. Oh, Dan Corey. Carpenter missed field goal? That doesn't make it on the tackle. Yeah, okay, all right, and fine, and Dan Carpenter missed field goal. Okay, thank Hold you, on. Jesus. Corey Graham also saved a touchdown. But have we not seen that? Like, that's it. Four plays. Four plays. Wait, oh, what about Corey Graham on the uh, illegal, whatever, touching on Gronk when he had the interception? That He got called on that. No, that illegal, no, play. illegal contact. I don't remember what that call no, the was. The interception that got called back was an illegal formation an illegal on Henderson. The point is, we play this team twice a year, and at least once a year, the outcome comes down to three or four plays that if they go the other way, the game might change. Yeah, but, but we've been on the wrong end of those four plays every year for 15 years. Yeah, but so is everybody else. I mean, here's the thing. We held the Patriots to the lowest point total they've had all year. I mean, I, I, I know that we lost the game, and everyone's disappointed. But I was actually very satisfied with the way we played them this game as opposed to the way we played them last game. We were just a few plays away. Uh, you know, some missed tackles, a missed field goal. Now, keep in mind that they missed a field goal that allowed us to have that exact same 10-point swing because we scored our touchdown after their missed field goal. Theirs was a 54-yarder. Ours was 52. 48. Well, whatever. So, it... it and we so, missed it by... Yeah, it's, three it's, inches. It's unfortunate, right. That what thing I'm hit saying, the inside the of the being, crossbar. The point and, being that, you know, if... Hogan is able to hold on to that ball. If Shady on that ball and hold on to that ball. You know, that's a completely different game. So But the Patriots make those in, plays. Yes, the Patriots do make those plays. But Gronk doesn't drop balls and he sure as hell did yeah, this. Yeah, but game. Brandon LaFell, so, he had a great or yeah, Dobson, I, they had a crazy catch over the middle. What I'm saying is we played them as well as any team has played them this year, including the Giants. Including any team that's right, so, played this year. So, so I don't so, think there's well, anything on. wrong right, with the way that we... Take a breath. I don't so, think there's so, anything wrong with the way we played them this year. And I understand that we lost to them, but so is everybody else. But, are we as good okay, as... Do you I, honestly I, believe that we're as good as the Patriots in your heart of hearts? No, we definitely are not. There's then, no fucking question. Pull back. Pull back. Is it good for the league that, as you said, consistently for a decade and a half, 
no team can beat this team. Is that good for the league? Is it good for when 31 other teams have to be like, oh, well, we have to play a flawless game to get a win because if we make one stupid mistake, they will capitalize and win. That, that's good for the league? Yeah, let me answer a question for you. How much money did the NFL make last year? Yeah, it's really fucking good for the league because they're not hurting from it. They're not hurting one bit from you the Patriots You can't say because they're dynasty. doing good, they couldn't be doing better. That's how you measure whether a league is doing well or not. Yeah, if but they're he, selling he, tickets, if they're making making money. Here's the thing: the league saying, "Oh wow, we we tried to pin one on you. That's we tried what I'm to saying. pin to play gate on you." And what happened? It got blowed up in their face. And now the Patriots have come out and they're ten and zero this season. You know what? They're doing it and they're doing it technically legally. So you know what? That's the league's problem. All right, they, they've got a brilliant coach, they've got a brilliant fucking owner, and they've got a brilliant quarterback. And it pains me to say that. But that's it. You know what? And hopefully we're going to ride this tide, and eventually it's going to die. But that's what I'm saying. So let's talk so about league, intentional so grounding. The league, the, league clearly, the, league, the league clearly came out this summer and said, enough is enough. Or they just said that, look, we have to do something here because we already let him gay get away with the whole recording shit. And so we have to Bye, do gay. something. Let's put this half-assed effort out there, this scientific document that doesn't follow scientific method, and... You know, we'll put out a four-game suspension based on that, and everybody knows that it's going to get overturned. So, you know, look, there's plenty of shit that the Patriots could have gotten busted for that they didn't. I mean, those documents, Goodell directly destroyed all of the recording documents from, what, what, how was that scandal? Spygate. From Spygate. Spygate, yeah. So clearly, at that point, they were fine with the Patriots' dominance. I think they're fine with the Patriots' dominance now. I think there's a lot of people I that love fucking uh, Tom Brady. I disagree. Well, you know what? They're not doing anything about it. And you know what? I don't want them to they do anything about it. They did do something about it this summer. They went on a witch. They went on a witch hunt and failed miserably. But they absolutely did something about it. Oh, and you know what? And it felt pretty damn good to have the entire nation rooting for the Buffalo Bills tonight. I agree, but it's all for naught. Yeah. Because you make four mistakes and the Patriots beat you. And they haven't lost to an AFC opponent at home since 2006. Yeah, that's good for the league. A Sub league subtract the game a, last a league, year. A league where right now the, the the number six AFC playoff spot, there's four teams tied at five and five. It's a league built on parity except for one team, the New England Patriots. They're the only team year in and year out. You can't tell me that's good for the league. I think it's fine. For, I think the fine league is doing just fine with it. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. I think that's okay. Anyways, my Jenny Cream Ale bummer of the week before Lars has a fucking aneurysm and I have to resuscitate him. I'm so sick of playing this team twice a year. Thank God we have a doctor. I've been watching this since high school. It's old. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I've been in fucking medical school since you've been in high school. That's what I'm sick of. No. Actually, I'm finally out of school, everyone. Okay. Uh, all right. My Jenny Cremail bummer of the week is going to be Duke Williams. I know you were put into a very tough position when you had to come in and suddenly, you know, play the game. But you are a safety. You need to keep the play in front of you. You cannot be that far off one of their primary receivers. And then whiff. Yeah, and then whiff. I mean, look. At the end of the, if that was Aaron Williams and he whiffed, none of us would be mad. But it's because he's done this game he's after game yep. uh, that we're gonna blame him. And you know that was a huge, huge play. You know the it defense, the defense has been doing bend and bend but not break, bend but not break all game. And then you did something that caused them to break. So uh, I'll, I'm gonna give it to Duke Williams. In a game decided by seven points. Yes. A play that sets up a touchdown. 
Dan Carpenter. My Jenny Cremail of the week. We have not called out this guy nearly enough. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's a Tyrod Taylor issue. I don't know if it's a play design issue because none of us subscribe to the All-22 and Lord knows we don't get quality replays whenever we play. Charles Clay, what the hell did we sign you for, bro? Uh, he's doing a lot of blocking. That's... Oh, oh. up. No, so, seriously. He's, so in, is, he's in all those pa- he's in all the packages. So is Matt Mulligan. We did not sign Charles Clay to be a blocker. I'm so sorry, you can't blame no. Charles. You can't blame Charles Clay. you got to bl- blame the uh, play caller. No, I am blaming Charles Clay. Because he was brought on this team to make plays. So do you want? He did. He made a great play when we threw the ball today. Do you want to blame? So is Robert? he not getting open, or is, or is he not getting the ball back? Do you want to blame Robert Woods for every previous game that he's had? But oh no, he's actually targeted this game and he plays well. And Charles Clay had one breakout game. That's because he's been blocking the rest of the games. But he had a fucking great game against yeah, the I mean, Dolphins. Yeah, you can make the argument that the reason that McCoy and the reason that we are the second leading, or maybe first leading, I don't know, rushing team in the NFL is because Charles Clay is actually blocking highly effectively. Now, I agree with the fact that we didn't sign him to just block. He no, didn't we get did that not. type of contract to just block. But, but you know, I, I don't think that he's necessarily a bad player, but I think that he needs to do more catching the ball. Yeah, a All lot right. more. My Labatt Blue MVP of the game is going to be Greg Roman. So the reason I'm going to talk about them is because for the entire first half of the game, they were successfully able to run they scored three to the points? outside. They, yes, but what type of yardage were they getting compared? What type of time of possession were they doing? They were trying to play ground control game. The Patriots did make some adjustments, and it took us a while. We definitely did go to that same play too many times, but overall, this was a solid game plan. We missed some great, uh, there was some great defensive plays on long passes, and there were some missed passes that Tyrod threw short. But overall, if we execute those plays, we're doing just fine. All right, so I think it's been handed over to me to give my Labatt Blue player of the game. And uh, I'm going to give it to the entire team, because unlike the wheels coming off on this podcast, the wheels did not come off on the team today. They kept their heads in the game. There were no stupid penalties, even though I've thrown the yellow flag against Lars and Sujit so far tonight. Uh, the, the team kept the, their heads in the game. They knew the course that they wanted to go on. When plays didn't go their way or whatnot, or they made great plays, they got up, they went back to the huddle, and they went to the next play. So good job, guys, compared to last time when we blew our load and had no idea what was going on out in the field. Um, Thank you for doing that. I would just hope that my fellow podcasters would would feel the same and reciprocate that play. My Labatt Blue player of today's game is Ronald Darby. Okay. How many times did you hear his name today? A couple times. He made some great plays. Made some great plays. Great well, plays. I, mean, I don't even know if I heard it. And that's the great thing is because he just was shut down today. So whoever he was on, granted, Gronk, he was on Gronk a few times. So I'll take... I'll take a Darby Gilmore shutdown of Gronk any day. Yeah, I, hands down. No, we can't talk about it. I'm not giving all of that blue to anybody because I don't think anybody deserved it. There, I said it. I thought Stephon Gilmore played a decent game, but outside of him, nobody really did anything. Wait, but what about that? That little Robert Woods, what about Chris that Hogan. Little, what about that little Chris kid Hogan. who's dying? <laughs> Nate Solder's kid. <laughs> Chris, no, we're not. Can't you give? Oh, you want to talk about that? No. Let's talk about Nate Solder's no, kid. No, don't talk about it. Let's talk about let's talk about all the hashtag heroes oh, we have here at the bar today. Chris Hogan 
would have been my Labatt Blue player of the game if I wasn't trying to defuse the hostility on this podcast. So Chris Hogan, Chris Hogan. played a good game. Yeah. Great game. He was targeted. He caught the ball every single time. So it's worth no- – okay, okay. This, this actually brings up an interesting point. So Chris Hogan had like 95 yards on six catches tonight, which is pretty good. But I saw on Twitter tonight, there there is a skill that our receivers right now are lacking tremendously, which is drawing pass interference. And we can argue till the cows come home that there should have been pass interference on him in the end zone. There should have been. He could have done a much better job of selling it. Likewise with Sammy a couple times in the second half. Yeah, the one, the one on the sidelines that Hogan could have gone for that was – because the guy didn't turn his back. No, he didn't it wasn't, turn. It he was didn't not even look at close. it. He didn't even look at it. But Hogan did sell it off. I agree yeah, with you on you that. Gotta, you got you to gotta initiate the contact with that person that doesn't have their head turned around. You got to make it look like, oh, I'm trying to get back oh, to – Oh, blew me up. I'm trying to get back to the ball, and, and, and we don't do that. I completely agree with you. Even on the one where they actually called – on Sammy, he barely even threw his arms up like he was offended. He was like, oh, But God, it was blatant pass it interference. Was absolutely blatant. Like, and that's the thing about the Patriots, again, and I, I've done a lot of complaining about the Patriots here. Somehow they've managed to sow the seeds of doubt in the referee's mind. We had, to, we had to sit through five minutes of deliberations when every replay showed that was clearly a pass interference. Yeah. Well, but they're smart. Like, Tom Brady was in the ref's ear from the get-go. Every time he got knocked down, he looked over at that the ref with this knowing smile, like, they're doing it again, ref. They're trying to hurt me. Like, I, you just want to punch him in the freaking So, face. Let's, let's address that before we move into rants and raves. Unless somebody's playing in a rant about that. Is yeah. anybody? No? Okay. In the first half, Tom Brady... Got knocked over six times, seven, eight times. I mean, the defense did do it. Again, defense had a great game plan. They were two or three mistakes away from having a flawless game. But you can't have a near flawless game against Tom Brady. You need to be fucking flawless when your team goes three and out five for six times. How many times went three and out? Every what? I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke, but now I'm not going to. Every time Tom Brady got knocked over, he was looking at the refs. He was chirping at the refs. And then the one time where he made a great I was going to say flawless like a Jared Diamond. The one time he made a good good throw on third down, it was a nice play when he had Corey Graham barreling down on him. He then followed Corey Graham down the field clapping in his face. A blatant taunt by the NFL's rules. Right, but does that just make Tom Brady a smart player? For example, if Tyrod... No, no, Tyron, it, no, it no, makes him a Bush yes, League player. But if he gets calls and they win games... But he didn't get a call tonight, did no, he? No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. I agree. But we've all talked at ad nauseum on this podcast about how the Patriots get calls that nobody else gets. If you breathe on Tom Brady the wrong way, you suddenly get called. So that's his game, right? So he does that. Maybe if Tyrod does that the whole game, the play where he got his full shoulder injured, separated, whatever, God forbid, has actually happened to his shoulder. That I mean, he clearly had let go of the ball, and then the defender pushed him to the ground. If Tyrod's in the ref's ear the whole game, then stands up and is like, what the hell, ref? He clearly knew I got rid of the ball, and then he pushed me. Maybe we get a, a, a call there. You know, I mean, I don't know. But I think that it's the same thing as the receivers drawing pass interferences. Our QBs have to try and draw uh, roughing the pass with the ball. It's like, we have to, it's, a, it's a ref-driven league if we haven't figured anything out, and we have to use that to our advantage. So, 
What you're talking about, though, is poor officiating. Yeah. You're talking about about officials who can't call the game without being influenced by the players. Yes. That's bad officiating. It is. It is. It is. I totally agree it is. But that's the whole point, though. If that's the way it is, then... Take advantage. See, I actually like Steratoris crew. I thought they actually called a pretty good game. Yeah. It was... We're, we're going to get into the phantom whistle and maybe saved our defense a touchdown. We're going to get into that in a second because I've, I've got plenty to rant about as far as that goes. But it wasn't that bad of a game. It, the, the thing is, is these refs are emotional. They're human beings. And the fact is, is Tom Brady knows how to play into that. He, he knows that... In interpersonal communication, he knows how to play that game. And he's really, really good at it. Uh, and, and Peyton Manning's not into it, doesn't do that. Right. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. Certainly not. Andrew Luck does not do no, that. No, that's why I don't hate those quarterbacks. Yes. And yep. Tom Brady, I hate him, but I'm sorry. He is really good at it. I can't imagine his relationship with Giselle. He's got to have her mind fucked from like here to, to the moon. So I will challenge you, Cassie, to say though that like the whole point of being a professional official or a referee, you're not supposed to be emotional. Like you're supposed to be as binary as they come and you're not supposed to be persuaded by that. So that's what you're saying, Suge, like, yeah, like you know, to say that that has influence on the refs, that's bad officiating. It's crazy though, because sometimes I watch these, um, you know, the players are mic'd up or coaches are mic'd up or whatever, these behind the scenes films. And before the games, those reps walk up. Like, there was a rep that walked up to Belichick and was like, hey, how you doing, coach? You know, much respect for what you're doing. It's like they're fans. These guys are fans of these coaches. And I mean, like they, this guy was uh, the one that I, the one NFL films that I saw was this guy was basically saying like, "You're amazing. Uh, I, you know, I love everything you do. I have so much respect. Make sure you stay safe. You know, stay healthy." And the guy, there was another one that was talking to Peyton Manning, saying, "You know, I just hope you stay really healthy. I hope you're able to achieve everything you want to achieve." Like, if I'm an opposing defender, I'm like, "What the hell?" See, the coach is saying that, or the ref is saying that at a time. That, I think they should allow be allowed to have no contact no, with the players. No, none. Period. No, and that justifies, so NFL referees, that's a six-figure job. That's a part-time job. Those guys, some of those guys are like teachers full-time. They do they have other gigs, which baffles me. If I could make six digits by working 16 weeks a year, hell no, I wouldn't be doing anything else. But that just further proves my suspicion, Suge, that the guys who make it to be NFL referees, there's a lot of politics involved, and it's not a merit-based system. Agreed. And we've got 65-year-old men with cataracts standing beneath the goalposts who are expected to call in or out, like field goal or no field goal. I sometimes look at these referees, I'm like, you guys are way too old to be able to see and react to and keep up with and run down the sidelines to keep pace with the plays that are going on here. Does anybody else get that feeling but me? I mean, Ed Ed Hockley is is in amazing shape, so... (laughs) Sorry. But in you one. look like Walt Coleman. Yeah. What, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, hey, it's... You mean to tell me the 35-year-old couldn't do Walt Coleman's job? I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I actually think that what they have to do, what they're asked to do, is rather difficult. Like, in real time, would I be able to look at a receiver in a 
split second and decide that yes, they had two feet down and control while going out of bounds. Like, I don't know that I'd be able to do that. Yeah. You say that, but they're always like eight feet away. They're yeah. right They're and right there. That's the only thing they're looking at. And and the one thing, it's like, uh, today we have the illegal or uh, ineligible receiver downfield. Who oh, was, Johnny on the spot. Yeah, was like on the other side of the field, was like No one, impact on the play. No two impact. Steps forward was like, and then step backwards. Yeah, yeah, was like barely, barely ineligible like downfield, yet they like throw the flag and call it. I think what they do is they look down the field and they say, okay, on this play, this is the one thing I'm looking for. Like, yeah. And oh, oh, it happened on this play, so I'm going to throw the flag. It's I like, oh, actually, on this play, I'm looking for holding. Oh, yeah, there was holding. And then 12 more plays go by, and then they're okay, this play again, I'm looking for holding. I think that's, and, I think and that's, that's it. Truth that's it. Yeah. I think there's definitely truth to that, because we do know that there's certain receivers or certain reps that their only job is a very limited set of plays. You know, like, was there offside? Was there movement at the line? Um, you know, was there a hold? Was there legal hands to the face? And I think that changes. And, you know, depending on what you're good at, looking at that moment, what you're looking at that moment is changes, you know, what you call that day. So, I mean, God, all season we've been complaining about holding against our D-line, and it's rarely called. We got it today. Yeah, we did get it today. And it's, it's, it's funny that we're having this depth, we're in-depth of analysis of refereeing. Referees didn't play a factor in today's game. No, no. I, I have to say that I thought today's game yeah. was called fairly. Yeah, I agree. So, fuck it. Let's stop it. Let's get into our rants and raves. Well, today was a losing effort. We're coming up on rants and raves, which means we get to rant about something this week. There's plenty to be frustrated about, upset about. Suge, I'm sure you've got plenty you would like to express. So why don't you go come first? Back, come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to you. All right, then I'll go first. Cass, you want to go first? Oh, I'll go first. Oh, please. By no, all why? Because I've got a very simple rant today, yes, right? Yes, go for it. We're all sitting here at the Bills Bar. It's come down to the fourth quarter, under two minutes, no timeouts, you know. It's an exciting game. We still have a chance to win this ball game, right? Game ends really quickly, and they pan to the overhead view of the stadium. Oh, okay. And I thought you were going to Nate Solder's cancer No, no, kid. no, no. Okay. Um, stay away from that one. They pan to this overhead, and, you know, players are walking off the field. The field still has a good amount of players, and there's about 10% of the yeah. fans still in the stadium. Pathetic. No, they're gone. They're gone. And you know what? It just, it, it pains me because as a Bills fan, you've got a lot of heart. You've got a lot of soul. You love this team and you go through a lot to be a fan of this team. And those Patriots fans don't, they have nothing. They're, they're easy. They're fair weather. They're bandwagon. And I just cannot wait. I don't care if I'm 90 years old, but once that flip switches and, and there's no Patriots fans out there, I, I, it's going to make me feel better about my life or myself. I don't know. It's just like they're terrible, terrible fans. They have no idea what's going on in the game. They have no – it just – It wasn't loud at all. It wasn't that it's loud. All, it's all corporate seats So let me, let me – It just – it gets me. I, I do want to piggyback on this point because I've thought about it a lot this year, which is every year we root for this team and we don't make the playoffs, the monkey on our back gets that much heavier. And then all of a sudden the third and eight plays in the middle way through the third quarter have that much more gravity. Does, do the year we make the playoffs, does it suddenly kind of go away? Do we no. care, Do we care a little bit less? 
No, because I. You say no, but I don't know if I can. I, I am. I'm inclined to agree with you, but I don't know if I can actually say that with full confidence. No, because I bring it back to the '90s. Remember when we played the Dolphins, and we, that was our big rivalry, right? It was with the Dolphins. Okay. I still feel a sense of like accomplishment when we go two and zero against the Dolphins in a season. I'm sorry, I will always feel that because that's what I grew up against. And no matter what, the Dolphins suck this year. They don't have a coach, they don't have a quarterback, they don't have anything, so right? Bad. They're terrible. But I still feel a sense of accomplishment going two and zero against those Dolphins. And so I don't, I don't think it lightens up. I no. mean, eventually, yes. And I agree with you. I think that it's, it's the nature of the fan base. I mean, there's a reason why when we talk about the best teams, we talk about cities like Buffalo or best fans. We talk about cities like Buffalo. Yeah. We talk about something. New, like New England's never in that conversation. Cleveland. You know, it's these Raiders. It's these towns. Well, yeah, the Raiders, they're just fucking crazy. That's because yeah. yeah. literally the black, there's the gang black members. Hole. You could so, die in the black like, hole and yeah, nobody would know. I mean, right. People die there. No, I guess what I was getting at was more that these are kind of smaller industrial towns that center their lives around their sports teams. Yeah. Uh, whether it's football team, hockey team, whatever, baseball team, uh, they center around it. And, you know, Boston's got a lot of things going on. Um, and, you know, it, they, they're a baseball town. People love so wait, but, but, but let's. But I just don't think, I mean, they don't care about the Patriots. Since the last time the Bills were in the playoffs, Boston has won four Super Bowls, one NBA championship, two World Series, three World Series? Did they win it? Did they win it? Did the Bruins win a Stanley Cup? No. I don't believe that the Bruins won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, they did. So that's, that's, so just, just off the top of our heads, that's nine or ten world championships that that city has gotten since we've made the playoffs. That's just won a championship, made the playoffs. Who said money can't buy happiness? <laughs> well, so the question is, is they, are they just so used to winning that they just don't care anymore? That's what I'm saying. Does, does, does the monkey come off our back it? if we get to that point ever? I mean, I think that one playoff win does not a legacy, a legacy of badness erase. Uh, and so Listen, I think that okay. one, one playoff game is going to be one thing. But if we're regularly making the playoffs, I think that we'll forget a lot about this pain. So we're thinking about the current team, not the bad teams that we've had before. But let's take let's take a huge leap. Let's go into the future. It's 2030. The Bills have won four Super Bowls. They have been, mostly eradicated hepatitis C. <laughs> they've been okay. They've Just been. Listen, everybody know it's going. They've been to nine AFC Championships games. And we just beat the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Are the first 40 rows behind the broadcast booth full of Bills fans going apeshit, or does that stadium clear out like you're describing? No, because that's Buffalo. Yeah, I, 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 Those I, fans are going apeshit. Look at the glory years. But we never won winning. shit. We didn't win shit, and it was four years. Yeah, but when these we people, went through the playoffs, it's, it's we been 15 games. years. I mean, I remember At when, some point, it gets old. At look, some point, winning gets when old. When we beat the Raiders, 51 to 3. That stadium was still filled with people that were losing their minds. I don't even know if they pulled down the goalposts that game or not, but that game was over a long time ago. Look, like a long time, a long ways into the game, that game was over. Yet people stuck around, just throw snowballs at each other to enjoy each other's company. It's a different fan base. That's all there is to it. You put me in the dubious position of having to defend Boston fans. Do we think that 15 years of paralleled success? that Bills fans wouldn't be the same way. I mean, it's 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 a thought exercise because it's hard to wrap your head around. No, because 
Buffalo is a different town than Boston. Okay. It's it's we go and you tailgate. It's it's a scene. You're you're there not just for the football game. You're there to enjoy the camaraderie and the event and everything that goes on. It's way different than Boston. All right. I mean, your identity is based a lot of times on your fandom, you know. And so, are you ready to rant? I am I'm ready to rant if you're go not. Go rant. Go rant. Go rant. So there's two things I want to rant about today. What would you rather hear about? Calling timeouts in the second half or the intentional grounding rule? We've already done intentional grounding kind of once, so second half timeouts. Okay. I've been sitting with these three people, and Jay for the most part as well, for almost nine years watching NFL football, and I cannot fathom why, with 11 minutes to go in the third quarter, why you think taking a five-yard delay of game penalty would be tantamount to having that timeout back with less than two minutes to go. If I'm a football coach at any level, I'm telling my team, you don't call timeout in the second half. I don't care if we've got nine defenders on the field, I'm taking my chances. Because when you've got less than three timeouts left and there's less than two minutes to go in the game, you're screwed. There's no amount of luck that can get you out of that situation. And yet, this is now two weeks in a row. We got lucky last uh, week. Yeah. We burned a lot of second. And I, I, I cannot understand why NFL coaches who spend 90 to 100 hours a week in the film room getting their teams prepared can't lay down a simple cardinal rule. Do not call timeout in the second half. Because that five-yard delay of game penalty will not hurt you as bad as not being able to save 40 seconds of the game clock if this game comes down to crunch time. See, I I agree with you. But but I I think there is one position. If you are going to call a timeout, do not then try to roll out Tyrod yes, Taylor into a running play what, for a yes. 5-yard loss. What did I say? Like, we, we burn a timeout for that? 33. No, you, you burn a timeout to, to pull up the yep. miracle play that, like, scores a touchdown? Fine. I'm all okay with that. Yeah. Take all the timeouts you want. Maybe. 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 I think but, that the one place that you can take a timeout is if your defense is about to get burned for a big play. But I don't think Jerry so, Hughes no. should have the liberty to call that timeout. No, but, I mean, he knew that there was only 10 people on the field, so the possibility that we're going to get burned for a touchdown is high if you're one man down because I'm pretty sure Tom Brady would notice that and then would find the mismatch and go after it. But the, you know? the mismatch was Marcel Darius and the front line, so we were just rushing one less person. So we should have been marked up. Uh, everybody should have been man on man, and we're just rushing but one less person. But Tyrod blew a timeout too. We blew two t two second yeah. timeouts. The Tyrod one, I, I looking, especially in hindsight, I definitely agree with you. I think that And it wasn't the difference in this game, but holy crap. Having timeouts at the end of that game would have made a big difference. It would have made a big difference. And when you call timeout on third and three and then can't make the first down, that's bad. That's really bad. So, so Bill is still here. Oh? I'm going to rant about an Amtrak train leaving at 6.15 every fucking morning from Milwaukee. This is something most of our listeners can relate to. I'm tired. I want to go to sleep. All right, I'm going to rant about the fact that it seems that this team seems to go to sleep 
when it's time to get I'm not done with my rant. Oh my god, he woke up. I'm, joking, I'm sorry. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> All right, so. Can't you sleep on Amtrak? Yeah, I actually bought a, um, I bought a hoodie pillow. Nice. It's awesome. It's a life changer. We'll, it's link, a, we'll link to it from our Facebook page. It's a neck pillow that has a hoodie attached to it. Amazing. Yeah. Well, you got a comfortable bed to sleep in tonight. Fantastic. I'm glad, I'm glad we covered those bases. Suit. All right, so I'm going to rant about the fact that it seems that NFL offenses can no longer function without mass technology. The headset. Thank the you. headset. The Patriots, you know, they're now famous for the fact that, oh, the headsets go out in Foxborough. Why can't you call a play without a headset? We didn't have headsets for a very long time. Now, I granted, I know that you game plan so that you can talk about it and things like that, but there should be a contingency plan. You know, and the other thing is that, what are you doing when the defense is on the field? Like, can't you say, okay, we're gonna go out. This play is when I put up finger number one. And then this play is when I put up finger number two. And then three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You have these quarterbacks that have to memorize these crazy coverages. You can't tell me that they can remember ten plays, you know, or at least or say five. Like, yeah, when I put five one fingers finger on the hand, it means it's a run. And then of the five runs, that's the ones that you have to remember. It's like so, calling pitches. And then change it every time they're off the field so that they can't call your hand signals. There should be a hand signal mechanism. And then, God forbid, when there is six minutes left, three minutes left, why are we huddling? What the uh, hell? We are down by two scores. Why are we huddling? Okay, fine. Huddle. That's fine. But why are we snapping the ball with five seconds left? Why isn't there a sense of urgency when we know we have to score twice? Oh, and then suddenly we get down to less than two minutes and we're freaking out because we have no time. And when Tyrod fumbles the ball, we're complaining because the refs aren't resetting the ball fast enough. If maybe you would hurry your ass up with six minutes left, we wouldn't be struggling at the very last minute. That's a good rant. Yeah, it's a good rant. I, uh, there was, I hate playing the Patriots twice a year. <laughs> Did I say that yet? All right, let's get into um, wild Walk card predictions. Well, we're coming up on the end of today's episode, which means it's the wild card portion of the episode. It's the wild card. And this is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, but we do so drinking beer. I don't remember. What, do you remember what we're all drinking? The oh, yum, yeah. I had, a, I had a, like a double door from Cleveland, Ohio. Dormunder. Yes, from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm going there for Thanksgiving to celebrate the holiday. So I figured I'd get started a little early. Good, I think it's what we're all drinking, so let's stay with the Thanksgiving no, no, wait, theme. Bill, what are we drinking? Yum yum. Yum no, yum. No, no, yum, no, yum. No, no, I'm no, drinking, no, yum, drinking yum. yum yum. I'm drinking yum yum. Jump from Milwaukee. Milwaukee. It's from Madison. Well, anyhow, it's great beer. It's beer. Thanksgiving is coming up soon. Ale Asylum. And that's how we're going to transition into the wild card yeah, here. it is an Ale Asylum. It's an Ale Asylum beer. Pop something. So 2015 has been an interesting year for the Buffalo Bills. I contend. Uh, it's like the white, white rascal. <laughs> white rascal. All, right, all right, let's move on. Let's move on. We're gonna get in trouble. Keep the peace, baby. I, Keep I, the peace. I am thankful. I contend that we should be seven and three at this point. There's no reason we should have lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's no reason we should have lost to the New York Giants. Those are two games we beat ourselves. There's a lot to be thankful for, however, in Bills Nation. At five and five. We are in the thick of the wild card race. We have two very important games coming up. We'll get into those in a second. 
But this Thursday is an opportunity to stop, take time out of our hectic lives, gather around the table with the ones we hold dearest, and really reflect on what it is that we're thankful for. So Cassie, 2015 Buffalo Bills, what are you thankful for? Well, first off, I'm thankful for everyone's oh, health and safety in this, up, in this podcast. Nate Solder's kid has cancer and nobody cares. <laughs> People do care. I care. People care. Damn it. I do People care. About the kid. People care. I care about the kid with the cancer, but not with three and a half minutes to go in a one-score game. Oh and, and, and when our quarterback is injured. When, yeah, on when the we're sidelines. injured. And yes, yes. And we're okay, here. come on. His, his shoulder hurts. Yeah, the kid has I was so cancer. getting ready for Michelle LaToya La out there going to give us an update on Tyrod Taylor's shoulder but before we'll, while we'll, E.J. Manuel was yes. out there warming up. I'll yes. be like, thank you for giving us an Oh, really? Fucking Nate Solder's goddamn kid? Well, motherfucker. Well, we can't hear what's going on, and we keep seeing shots of E.J. Manuel warming up, and they go to Michelle LaToya or whatever her name is. To get an update, we're thinking, we're like, oh my god, is our, let, is, wow. is our, is our starting make, quarterback let me out? Let something very, very clear. We are, there's people on this podcast that have spent a good portion of their life dedicated to the cure of cancer. <laughs> one and person. Of, well, one, yeah, but at yes. least one of, there's All like right. 25% of the people here. Yeah, don't hurt okay. yourself, pat yourself no, on the back. No, what I'm saying is that as a group, we care deeply about children with the cancer. We know that it's a horrible, horrible illness to befall yes. a child. But when our quarterback but, is potentially no, injured. But, but we just thought that the timing of it was a little bit strange. It doesn't mean that we don't care about Nate Soldier's kid and don't care about the Soldier family and everything that they're going through or all the wonderful people that, the work at, uh, that do work at the Roswell Cancer Institute do for the city of Buffalo and the entire eastern seaboard of the United States. We care about all that. We just wish that they had maybe given us an update on Tyra's shoulder <laughs> rather than talking about uh, the tragic, the tragic occurrence of Nate Soldier's kid's cancer. Well said. And, that, so, and, that's, a, and that's a halftime story. That's, so what that's are you thankful jerker. for? You thankful um, you don't have cancer? Oh, I definitely am thankful for that. Um, but no, I, I was just saying, I love you guys. I'm thankful, cancer lurks thankful within that, us all. You know that, I know. Right? It's okay. going to get us all. I'm thankful that we're here today. Um, but I'm especially thankful for a man named LaShawn McCoy. Okay. Because okay. he's been a great addition to the team. Um, and he's just, I don't know, he just does what he needs to do. And he epitomizes, I think, Buffalo. Oh, what? shit. What? He does. There's nothing about someone named Shady. Are you kidding me? Did you see his Instagram okay, post? Okay, sorry, there's nothing about a non-white person named Shady. Females only? Oh, hell yeah, man. That's... You- did you do, sign up? Do you did, see did you, all the do you see you, all the posts of weird shit people do at Buffalo Bills games did, and in the city? Yes. It is shady. Well, did you send, it is shady. Did you send your headshot and and your measurements? Yeah, so shady it was a non it was a non drinking party. Hell yeah, I'm signing up for that officially. Uh, no, no, no. I just think he's he's great. He's he does what he needs to do with the ball. He hasn't I, been I a, an, an off the field issue, yes. and uh, and that's it. And, and, and into 2016, my second one will be. The Michigan State uh, Center that we're hopefully going to get to replace Eric Wood. Okay, go ahead. Wow. Holy shit. We should take a second to stop and, and recognize what a monumental sea change that was just then from the love of the Muscassi Gutton. Did what? you hear what she said? No, no, I didn't hear. I didn't hear. Eric Wood. She said she's looking forward to the MSU Center who replaces Eric Wood. I mean, he's getting old. We need, it needs to turn. I mean, I love you, Eric, but wow. I, I'm, I'm wow. sorry, but Yeah, I'm, I'm opening up my mind. That is huge. I'm thankful. Bill, what are you thankful for? 
I'm thankful for the one and only Mrs. Weeborg for coming out today and spending the entire game with the regular Bills backers crew. She was convinced we were gonna win. Here at Lincoln Station, she was distraught throughout the game. She was excited. She was experiencing all the highs and lows of all of us. And it was great to have her here. Lars, I'm sure you enjoyed having her here as well. It was a little stressful. Of course, we were talking about Lars's mother, not wife, Miss Jack Way. Jack Way, what's your name? That's Vanaman. Vanaman, she doesn't go by Weeboard. Oh, she doesn't. Not yet. It's a little too hard attitude. to. They got attitude, just like my wife. Too hard to change your oh, name. You got a, a name change? No, she didn't change nobody's name. Doctor, and if you address their envelopes, it's Doct. Doctors, doctors, and doctors. No, no, no. It's the doctors. The doctors. No, no, no. I've, I've had to address it on his way. It's not the No, no, no. It's the doctors. The doctors. Yes, it is. No, because it's doctors. Janardin. Say her last name. No. Oh, because she didn't. Yeah. It's Dr. Janardin and Dr. Doctors, Sujit. Janardin and Rukovich. Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's exhausting. Sujit, what are you thankful for? All right, so I am thankful for the fact that we finally have a Bills administration that is able to recognize the fact that even though your starting quarterback's shoulder is probably separated and hanging by a tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny sinew of cartilage or muscle, it's still better than putting EJ Manuel in the game. Okay, let him warm up. Maybe it's the motivation, but ain't nobody putting no EJ Manuel back in the game. Even if Tyrod dies on the field, we don't put EJ Manuel back in the game because thank God, I guess Doug Whaley finally saw it when we embarrassed ourselves against Jacksonville. Then he's like, all right, we're done. You know, we'll put him in there as a, uh, you know, a, 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 a warm body, but uh, for, to cover the 53 man in case we have to, uh, or maybe just to hand the ball off if we're winning by a lot. But nobody, nobody's gonna let EJ Manuel play another down as a starter in Buffalo. I mean, how about the entire bar here booed every yeah. single time they showed him warming up? So that's that's a nice little segue. Um, I, I would say that I am thankful in general for, for Bill's Nation, and in spite of what the the um, the previous or the, 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 the first part of this podcast would have you believe, I'm thankful for all of you. Bill, to a lesser extent, but Cassie and Suge <laughs> for sure. Um, what is Jeff Day saying? I'm thinking. Jam and Jeff Day has made his first Facebook quote uh, post in roughly over a year, and he said he's going to make it worth it. He says, Jam and Jeff Day says, I hate the Patriots, star, 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 so much. And Steve Young, too. Well, see, see Jeff, Jeff and I are sabbatical, so I'm, I'm thankful for Jeff as well. You know, we do this podcast every week. Um, we don't, we receive... We receive literally nothing in return, with the exception of shout-outs from couples who have spent time overseas in Spain who want to come hang out with us, uh, from an opera singer, primetime Kyle Hackett, who comes and finds us, front row Joe, was great. from people around the country, from around the world who listen to this podcast, find themselves in Chicago on game day, and they know where to look, Lincoln Station with the Bills and Beers crew, and I'm thankful for that. I, I truly am, uh, because... I think a lot of people spend a lot of time on their phones, on their computers, really not paying attention to anybody, but we found a way to connect with people, and people found a way to connect with us, and I'm very grateful for that. Amen. Go Bills. Predictions. Now, a lot of people have been saying now, these, these three games, counting tonight, New England, 
the 5-5 five five Kansas City Chiefs, who we have on Sunday, followed by the 5-5 five five Houston Texans, back home with the Ralph. We get to finally end this long road stand with that, with that game. Our season basically hinges upon whether or not we can finish two and three. Well, we lost tonight, so we gotta win the next two. Huge game coming up in Kansas City. Does this team fight back and win? Do they collapse and lose? Dumb mistakes cost us the game? Or do we come out and pummel the Chiefs like I know we can? Cass, what's your prediction for Sunday's game? Well, based on the fact that my emotional stability lies in the fact that the Bills win, yes, I'm 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 gonna have to say, yeah, the, the Bills need to come out. We're gonna we're I don't know if pummel's the right word. I think if we got Tyrod back there, we come out with a strong 24 to 16 win. Sounds close. Not gonna be close. Win. Nope. Suge, coming to you next. Prediction for Sunday's game against the Kansas God, City Chiefs. God, it's a lot. I'm sitting here looking at Twitter right now because I kind of want to know what the hell's going on with Tyrod's shoulder. Yeah. Uh, the guy was. Uh, folks, he is uh, googling Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. Oh. It's different. Searching Tyrod Taylor um, on Twitter. Anyways, so if Tyrod is is injured to the point where he's out, I I, I have no hope. I think season's it's a, over. I think it's a tw uh, twenty-seven to thirteen. So loss. are you saying that the season rests on Tyrod Taylor's shoulder? Oh! As it has since week Praise one. Him. Actually, it's more his collarbone yeah. and clavicle. Uh, Fucking yeah. doctors. So well, whatever it is. So, uh, but if Tyrod's here, hey, I had no problem with the way we actually tried to play this game. I just think that we went up against the best, you know, and so you have to be perfect, like you do two times a year. I hate it, man. I'm, so, I'm so sick of it. I'm so you, sick of it. Do you hate the fact that we have to play this team twice a year? Wait, Lars doesn't like that? <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry, do you guys not shit your pants every yeah. time you hear Tom Brady at 39 years old give an interview and go, I could do this for a decade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, that doesn't make anybody else want to put their face through a wall. It's just not fair that Donald Jones got kidney disease and he didn't. Okay? Oh, oh okay, yeah. okay, all right, all right. <laughs> it's just not fair. Whoa. All right. Oh. So I'm the asshole. You're allowed to make fun of Yeah, Nate Soder's kid, but. But you guys have already made fun of Donald Jones. Okay, anyway. Uh, hello, so, hello, uh, Dr. Pepper, patient Dr. Salt. So, uh, What's up? <laughs> Bill, right. your prediction for Sunday. Wait, yes. I'm going to give you my prediction. My prediction is that Tyrod's going to be okay and uh. we're going to win 27-17. Uh, let me, toss it. Okay. Let me toss some salt on that and mix it with a little Christian Okoye because that's what Carlos Williams, Special K, is going to be doing all over the Kansas City Chiefs next week. 23-20, Buffalo Bills victory. I have no issue whatsoever with the Kansas City offense. I think we can stop them in spades. I am scared shitless of the Kansas City defense. And I think this is going to be a barn burger 9-3 Buffalo. Whoa. It is not going to be a fun game. Next Sunday is going to be a heart attack. You heard it here first. We'll be here. I really cannot tolerate that. My heart can't I know. That. Me neither, man. I'm not looking forward to it. Bills and Beers, find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Search iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors. Tell everybody you know in Bills Nation how you found us. I hate the Patriots. I will. I hate them so much. You know what? Fuck you, Kevin Hess. Next time we see him, it'll be the playoffs. No chance they beat us three times in one year, Cassie. Until Sunday, short week coming now. Go Bills. Get better, TT. Happy Thanksgiving. The Bills make me wanna shout.